The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I thought North Carolina just really played well. They moved the ball. They shot the ball extremely well in the second half, and we just couldn't get to them. We, we just couldn't get stops against them. Uh, they had three different guys making threes, um, and uh, you know I thought we, we gave it what we have. We battle them as hard as we can, but uh, they just I thought Barama was tremendous tonight. Um, he's really found himself the last couple games. But uh, we've struggled in other positions. Coach, what does that mean to you to see John Wallace get his moment there tonight? Well, you know, he's a great player. He was you know, so important for our program. Uh, when he came and what he did uh, was uh, incredible. We were very thin and with numbers. He had a great first three years, and he had a better senior year and, uh, you know, took his team to the last game. And I mean, he's a phenomenal player for us and he's been a, a great uh, supporter from the first day I talked to him and he's in high school he was like I'm Syracuse and he's been Syracuse consistently day in day out get, we didn't get to the three point shooters in the second half just a very poor job defending the three point line which we have done this year unfortunately and we haven't shot it well we had pretty good looks you know, I wouldn't say too many, maybe one or two that were rushed, but we had good looks. We're just not, we haven't made enough threes for the last 10, 12, whatever games it is. I think we're shooting 20, less than 25%. Did you expect Buddy to play this well with the ankle? No, I didn't. I didn't know what he'd do. He practiced yesterday, but I really wasn't, I didn't really count on him today. And he made, the first four shots he made were probably the hardest shots he's made all year. I mean, they were really hard, and uh, you know, he played. You know, obviously, he kept us. Him and uh, Verama kept us in there, uh, but uh, we just didn't get enough. And but but with everything, our defense wasn't just wasn't good enough. All right, thank you. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Up there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you the fans a voice. So welcome. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, Joe. Happy Sunday, buddy. <laughs> so, um, What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at you. How okay, good. You, Joe is outside. Joe's podcasting outside. And no. It, well, kind of. You're in a vehicle. Okay. All right. All right. Well, if you put it like that, then yeah. So, anyway, um, and he's, we still get the pop top. So that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, look, I come prepared, right? Ah, uh, yes, you do. I mean, technically, it's probably not the greatest idea, but. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But oh I'm in a driveway. Gosh. So oh, I'm in a driveway. I hope. So. 
It's not like I'm in some random parking lot just popping tops, bro. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh, gosh. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. All right. Rate, review, subscribe. (sighs) Thank you. Thank you to everybody who already has. We really appreciate it. Um, Really helps us uh, big time. Helps grow this show. And, and, you know, um, this isn't like a, uh, you know. It goes, this show spreads word of mouth, and you guys have done a fantastic job, so we appreciate yeah. it. Um, all right, so let, let, let's let's do this. A deflating 92-79 to 79 loss in a soon-to-be deflated dome. So you have that. Mm. Uh, against UNC, drops uh, the orange to 16-13, and 9-9 in the ACC, and Cuse will finish out the regular season on the road. The first of two games is going to be against uh, Boston College. They are 13-16, 7-11 in the ACC. That game's going to be on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. TV will be ESPN2 as of right now. So, um, uh, well, you know what? We don't have a sponsor, so I'm, I'm out of my flow here. I'm out of my flow. We don't have a sponsor this episode, but we got some coming up. So, we will go on. With 11-11 left in the first half, Brahma Sidibe threw down a dunk to tie the game at 17-17. After that, um, UNC would go on a 16-0 run. They made it 33-17 before Syracuse went on an 11-0 run of their own, bringing the game to 33-28. Syracuse would head into the locker room down by five. I thought to myself, you know what? I'll take that. Down by five after all that. Oh, yeah. um, you know, showed some life and got back in that game, but the Tar Heels would come out in the second. They'd go 6-for-11 from behind the arc, and Syracuse's offense could just not keep up. So, the good. Uh, looks like Buddy's going to be okay. In fact, um, he would lead the Orange in points with 22. So, our man, but our man, our Orange man, Joe, Brahma Sidibe, 17 points, 6 blocks, 15 rebounds, and 7 for 7 from 7 for 8 from the line. Um, in fact, the whole team was great from the line. 89.5% from the line. 17 of 19. Really good. Really good. Really, really good. Yep. So, um, on a night where Syracuse retired Wallace's jersey, they shot 44.4% from the field. So, that's good. It was not terrible, but uh, it would not be enough. The bad, uh, since Sidibe has stepped up, Garrier has stepped down. Six points, three rebounds in 25 minutes. Uh, Syracuse is an absolute pitfall from distance. 25 and even 25% against UNC. Six for 24. We heard Coach in the montage mention that they've been kind of, they've been struggling the past 10 to 12 games. So, I went back 10 10 games and I averaged it out. They are shooting 27.8% in those 10 games. So mm. really bad. Um, negative bad from where they started. They started uh, before that, before that stretch, they were like 37 real or real high 36s. So um, negative 10 on the boards. Now that's not horrible considering UNC is the ninth best rebounding team in the nation. And it's not horrible, I guess I should say. But, um, you know, 22 second chance points off of 13 offensive rebounds. That's, you know. Uh, and considering so, how it started out, too. So Yeah, absolutely. The ugly. As we mentioned in the preview, this was not going to be a good matchup for the Orange. And the defense struggled mightily, allowing a team that shoots normally around well, shoots, they sh- came into the game, UNC did it, 28.8% from three, and they actually shot 42.3%, 11-26 to 26 from distance uh, during the game against Syracuse. Um, that combined with um, us only hitting 25% of ours, is that's, where you, that's how you get your loss. 
That's yeah. where it comes from. It doesn't take Einstein to figure it out, right, Joe? So right. um, a quad three loss right now, uh, UNC moved up from, uh, I think they were at even 100. They moved up to 89. If they get up to, if they get to 75 in the net, it'll be a quad two game. So, Which could happen. It could happen. I think I would predict it will happen, in fact. So, yeah. but I, but is it too little, too late on that? Like, does it matter? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't think I, it does. No. Right, I don't think it does either. So anyway, I think we're past the whole resume stuff. So yeah, I think so too. Unfortunately, it's fun to talk about, but it, it kind of is what it is. And you know, when we talked last time about what Syracuse was going to have to do, Joe was pretty sure that they would have to at least get to the um, championship game in the ACC tournament. I mean, there's some saying that they would have to win at least two, one of those being kind of a, a big game or, or a real quality win. And right. I just think, um, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I've always thought they probably had to win it, but I don't know, Joe. What, what do you think? No, now it's just it's definite. <clears throat> now it's definite. Yeah, it's yeah. not even anything that we're going to – yeah, we need to win the ACC tournament now. So, And, again, it's unfortunate because we have had such close – as close games uh, where we could not be in this position right now. But again, a young team with limitations and we talked about these limitations and a lot of it just comes down to the opponents that we play. And, you know, uh, we talked about how North Carolina just is not a good matchup. They got big guys that can score and they got guys that can shoot. And um, I mean, we saw what Brooks and Anthony did, but then to have Keeling come off the bench and shoot what he did seven for 11 for 18 points. I mean, that would, that was the dagger to me. It just seemed yeah. like in the second half, they just didn't miss. I mean, obviously it hurt when Dolzhai got in foul trouble. Cause uh, we only saw 19 minutes of him. And like you said, Gary has, he's, I mean, he outplayed um, Dolzhai. Gary had 25 minutes of his 19. So that's not normal. That's not something that we really can, can afford against teams like that. And again, too, a lot of people want to look at the, <clears throat> you know, the overall record and the ACC record and everything with North Carolina. I mean, I, if you watch that game on, on TV, they showed up, they showed stats, they talked about it. I mean, 94 total games missed by players. Um, you know, there's one of their starting power forwards, Sterling Manling. He's been out like all year. Like you said, Nicole Anthony, he missed 11 games. Just, they've just been riddled by injuries and um, that takes away from the continuity and stuff like that. They're a way better team. Way better. Than, than what the record shows. And I think that, that, I mean, that wasn't just, Oh, we played like crap. Like, no, we got see... beat by a better team. Like, right. Plain and simple. Right. Yeah. And they've beaten themselves more times than not. And a lot of their losses, uh, in the ACC, I mean, they have five losses, I believe by two or less points. You know, I mean, everyone remembers the Duke game. They had that game. They gave that away. Couldn't make a free throw and they go into double overtime and end up losing it. So, I mean, they could easily, easily have a different record and, and definitely have um, a different opinion, national opinion about how good they are. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was tough to see that go. It was tough to see that game go like that. You know, when we talked about it in the preview, what, when you asked about like the, the three points or whatever, what did I basically end up saying that we needed to score? We needed to outscore them. That was our only chance. Yeah, it was hopefully they have a bad day. Hopefully. You know, Cole Anthony doesn't make seven from 11 from the three-point line. Something like that, you know, because we knew Garrison Brooks was going to do his thing. He had 26 points, 14 rebounds. And we knew that somebody was going to come off the bench and hit a couple threes. But, again, when you're playing against a lottery pick, stuff like that happens. And like you said, to your point, ninth ranked overall, 
in the country and rebounding, we knew we were going to have a problem there too. So in Syracuse is 217th in rebounding percentage. So yeah, Yeah. quite a gap there. Right. Um, And then Mendoza is out like again, that's just, this is another bad thing that goes toward it again. It's, it was tough because we didn't really, especially in the second half, um, have a problem scoring against them. It was almost like we just needed them to just miss or get a stop or something. We just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. Nope, we couldn't do it. All right, let's do some fan feedback. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, y'all know what to do. Go to the socials after the game. I prompt you to give your thoughts by asking for your thoughts, and you do so. We read through them. We pick a couple, and uh, we talk about them. We want something that's, you know, something – I try to pick ones that – I might be feeling the same way, so we could talk about it. Try not to uh, embellish too much in the beginning there. But at Tony Staffieri on Twitter, did you pull any Facebook ones, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Roy Williams should get a piece of the dome roof since he has owned Bayheim in there since 2014. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, you know, it hurts, but it's true. Uh, nine in a row now for Roy Williams against, against Coach Bayheim. And, um, you know, coming into this game, you felt like it was kind of our time. And, you know, there were some people saying, well, you know, I think there was a comment, something along the lines of, if we can't beat this team, I don't know, this UNC team, I don't know what UNC team we're going to be able to beat. But, like, to your point, Joe, this this team is pretty, is actually pretty good. It's a pretty good team. And and you know what? They're a legit shot for the ACC crown, too. I think I feel like they could beat anybody. They're not going to beat. They're not going to have to beat, you know. But they're not going to have to beat everybody. It just depends on how they get matched up, I guess. So they're going to probably right. have the tougher road. But well, they dug they've dug themselves a hole as far as where they are in the ACC and where they're going to have to play. I mean, they're going to have to play the first day, so they're not even going to get a day by. Right. Um, and that's that's definitely a hole. I think they're going to have to win what four games or something like that. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. They got one of the no, tougher roads. No, it's not going to be easy. But again, that's what we also ran into. You know, like we talked about, we North Carolina has nothing to lose. You know, you have a team full of five star guys. You got a guy who's probably going to be a lottery pick that's going to be leaving this year. Um, you're ranked top ten as far as rebounding. That's something that you can work with. And um, they're just hungry. I mean, they have nothing else to lose. They know. They knew going into the Syracuse game that they had to win the ACC tournament still. So they're just trying to get better. And I think that you saw that with Cole Anthony. I mean, he just played a really just overall great game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just don't really know. I I mean, I where is it? I had a uh, Dominic from Facebook. I am very disappointed. They let UNC's best player beat them on offense. He did everything. He distributed. He scored. Lone bright spot is Sadibi playing great these last few games. Unfortunately, now I'll have to face all the UNC fans at my church tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you, right? That's look, I got a story for you. It, well, every- I mean, I'm going to have to deal with it definitely when yeah. I get back, 100% yeah. for sure. And, again, that was just a, a comment that kind of went toward Cole Anthony. I mean, you got to take something away, and I don't think that we were going to take away the down low, the offensive rebounds, just the overall big men. So we had to be able to take away that three point line. And we just didn't, we just didn't. And it's like, it just, just constantly happens to us. If I had to guess, I'd have thought they, they, if I had to put money on it, I would have thought they did better down low than they would behind the arc. I just knew 
that UNC coming in shooting 28.8% from being behind the arc was probably going to light us up. You know why? Because that's how it goes. It's like well, and it, yeah. It, it's and, like and, and every it's, time. Well, it's, and it's unfortunate because when you see something like that, you might say, okay, well then let's kind of let them shoot a little bit and let's try to take away the down low. And, and the fact that they couldn't take away anything. Nothing. And then North Carolina ends up shooting 44%. They have a day. I mean, I I don't know for sure, but I'd probably, I mean, I don't I'd be willing to guess that that was probably their best three-point shooting game all year. Oh, without a doubt. They shot in that second half, they shot something like 60% from the field. They didn't miss anything. No. It was it was ridiculous. It's frustrating, especially it, when we started making shots. It's like, okay, just a couple shots we can get back in here, you know, get it to a single digits. I mean, North Carolina, they've gotten in their own way a lot of a lot of these games and and they've lost a lot of games. They've let a lot of games go in the last couple minutes of the game. And I was just hoping that it was like, you know, we could get a deja vu factor because that stuff does kind of pop in there. And if we could have got it to eight, seven, something like that with a couple minutes to go, then I really, truly believe that there might have been a, a little bit of a different last couple minutes. But yeah, well, you've got, you know, you got Dolzhai struggled. You got Gerard struggled. Sidibe uh, just went off and we'll talk about that. But, you know, we, we go through these games where you need everybody to click like UNC was. And they got a guy coming off the bench scoring 18 points, but in Keeling. But, you you know, we need Dolzhai to play better than that to win. We've said it all year. Coaches said it. And I mean, it, you know, he him coming in, scoring six points and three rebounds and committing stupid fouls. That one on Cole Anthony, I think that he got got fouled out on was really dumb the one where he cut him off with his with his fourth foul, no, or his fifth fourth foul? foul yeah. okay um that was just dumb that's just a dumb foul and i understand he's trying to make things happen but he's got to be smarter than that man right he just lets his emotions get the best of him he's trying to make something happen i get it so look to to dominic's point and i know you got people at work that are unc fans i got i got a couple guys at work that are unc fans but um i had my kids had a sleepover my my two oldest had a sleepover with a brother and sister that are around both her same ages. This my but my son's buddy from his basketball team comes de- out decked out in UNC gear. They're UNC fans, so um, nope, I had to kick them out. Oh my gosh, Joe! I wanted to. I wanted to so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to so bad. I kept my cool. I kept my cool. Um, at one, Kev Nash Barama was great. Happy to see Buddy found his shot again. Let's win these last two regular season games and make a run in the ACC tourney and see what happens. Hashtag Go Cuse. Kev. I mean, yeah. That's it. That's the plan, right? That's right. the plan. So, uh, Buddy d- came out. He made some difficult shots. I think he did way better than I expected him to do. And, you know, right. obviously, I think I thought I expected him. I thought he would probably play, but I didn't know how effective he would be. But, you know, playing in front of Tom Brady and, the, you know, he had the whole uh, showcase there at, at the Dome. Right. And, um, so, yeah, he found a shot. But the problem with Buddy and the problem with Joe – and, and really everybody, man, everybody, when you think about it, Hughes has been pretty consistent, but their, their problem is consistency, man. They, and they've just struggled. Buddy has did nothing in February um, until February 29th, which is, which is actually a day that only comes once every four years. So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, know. he won't be a Syracuse player the next time it happens. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, Elijah, he didn't shoot the greatest percentage, but he still, you got to the line. He got his 19 points. Uh, a quiet yeah, we, 19 we know he's for gonna Hughes, put up man. Shots, right? Yeah, it was it was a quiet one. It was a quiet. He got a lot near the end, you know, where they were trying to 
come back in North Carolina necessarily wasn't playing the, the toughest defense, but yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's the, here's another thing too. And, and as um, Kev mentions talking about, let's make a run and see what happens in the ACC tourney. You know, they go, you know, look, is it, is it probable? No, I don't think they're probably going to do it, but you know, I mean, there's a chance for anything, but look, here's the deal. So if they don't make it and they go to the NIT, well, let's go win the freaking NIT championship then, I guess. Right? I mean, you know, I mean, it, it sucks, but it's kind of like we the writing's been on the wall here for a while now. And we keep pushing, we keep moving the goalposts back to, to fit, you know, some kind of positivity, some kind of positive idea. And it's just, you know, it's still on the table. I mean, obviously, if you win the ACC tournament, you can, you can get in. But it's just, um, you know, it's... It's a grim scenario, so it's just me. yeah. It's, just it's me. pretty tough. Right? It's tough, yeah. I mean, and you got did you get a lot of stuff on Twitter as far as um, the zone? I I didn't see a ton of that it? on I didn't see a ton of that on Twitter. Oh, that was all over Facebook. Was it all over? Yeah, you top got- fan Matt, top fan Matt from Facebook. Um, <clears throat> loss really overshadowed a nice game by Sadibi. The zone has been ineffective quite a bit this year. We have the scores, we have good offensive players, but everything we gain in offense, we lose on the other end. And when a player gets a hot hand, it makes it so hard to rein him back in. It's been that way all year. The defensive struggles really makes you miss a guy with the athleticism Jalen Carey has. Yeah. Well, I mean, are we calling for a man-to-man? Because, I mean, that was the one thing I got raked over the coals about in the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, and I saw, you know, I did see – Someone mentioned something about, hey, who's going to be the first moron to, to suggest we should switch to man to man? Well, I don't know what it would look like, you know, but it's not going to happen. First of all, it's not going to happen under this coach. Second of all, I don't know what it would look like. Some people say we'd get crushed anyway, right? I mean, who's going to who's going to guard Cole Anthony? You know, the whole game. So, or yeah, you I know, mean, or or, exactly or, right. or Brooks. I mean, you know, in in Baycott went out with an injury. Imagine if he stayed in the whole game. I mean, right. It gave us We're a not fighting chance. Those guys. Yeah. No, no, not with the group we got, unfortunately. And I, I mean, I would, I eat my crow on that one. It was an emotional response. So. Right. It's tough because I mean, even then, I mean, you think Buddy's going to guard the two guard? No, Joe Girard. But Buddy's Cole defense. Anthony, I mean, it's just. I will say Buddy's defense got a little better at one point, but it's not great, dude. It's not great. Well, I mean, he's kind of had a, you know, he, I mean, the ankle probably wasn't 100% anyway. But, yeah, I mean, there's certain things that you don't – I don't know. I just noticed that – I don't, I don't know. We have had some games where we had some steals. But I just remember the steal numbers from, you know, Frank Howard, Tyus Battle, and the guards like that. Like, yeah. We used to, used to get turnovers like that all the time and stuff. And, oh, um, I do have one. It's right here. Go on. Well, no, I'm just saying it's just one of those things where man-to-man, again, the coach isn't going to just play man-to-man because the fans are yelling at it to prove one thing or another, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I don't see it. You know, if, you gotta be, if you're one of those fans that want to say, well, I mean, if we haven't seen it, let's try it. You know, I can understand how maybe some people want to see – you know, want to see that happen. But at the end of the day, if your coach knows, I don't know. It's just tough. Yeah, well, here's one from Stephen J. Crowell. 
Uh, he says, when your opponent is shooting 60% from behind the arc, you should have the flexibility to go man-to-man. We don't, so we lost. 90 points is too much to give up to a sub. Um, uh, to a sub-500 team at home. Defense wins championships. Well, this isn't the same team that... Sh- I mean, if... You know, if ifs and buts were candy nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But if this team didn't have to go through the injury plague that they faced in the middle of the season there, beginning to the middle of the season, they they wouldn't be a sub-500 team. No. You know, and, you know, to the point, you know, switching to -to man-to-man, my thoughts have changed. I've changed on that a little bit. I mean, I think probably our best scenarios is what we're doing. It's, it's It's more of an athletic thing, I think than it is an actual scheme thing. Is that fair to say? Does that make sense? So I don't think it's, you know, yeah. I don't think switching it up is going to help any. In fact, you know, we, we might get crushed by a couple guys. Talk about guys going off. <laughs> right. You know, and, that, and that's, yeah, and that's what I mean is that, like, just because it's different doesn't mean it's going to be better at all. And people have to understand that, like, yes, everybody plays man-to-man and everyone, you know, you get good players, but... Being able to recruit to your scheme can 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 help recruiting. I mean, there's been plenty of players back in. The, yes, we've gotten some high-profile players and things like that, but there's been plenty of players in the day that, you know, weren't five-star McDonald All-Americans. Uh, I mean, c- compared to the Blue Bloods and compared to some of these big schools, you know, we don't get the type of recruits all the time. Yeah, we've had recruiting classes here and there, but we don't get the big-time recruits all the time. I mean, how many times you watch the McDonald's American game and you see Kansas guys? All- I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. 
So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All over the place. I mean, Duke, yeah. Yeah, there was like one year where Duke or Kentucky, one of them had like four players in it, right? So, I mean, we get one like every three years, four years, right? So it's, it's just one of those things where um, he's allowed to get other players that can come in and can be successful that maybe not have would have been so successful going to a man to man type school or something like that. So, I mean, that's how he, re- he recruits to the zone and yes, the zone this year hasn't been that great, but up until this year, I mean, it's one of those things what do you can complain about last year. We were complaining about how we can't score points and we don't have offensive players. Yeah. Then we turn around and it's a complete change. It's and the then what happens yeah. now we, now we can score. It's a little bit more fun to watch. But now we can't stop certain teams, certain teams that have those. There was a point where it was just one for one, one for one, one for one. You know what I'm saying? We weren't we were trying to cut into a lead. It was impossible because we kept letting them. uh, First of all, we let them on the offensive boards constantly. And then we were just they were just they couldn't miss. They couldn't miss. But what about though? We're talking about consistency and all that. And, you know, it's been a huge it's probably been one of my biggest pet peeves the whole year is the consistency of, of the players. But Sidibe th- strings together three games in a row, which progressively he improved as teams actually got a little bit harder as we went, which is amazing. 
I, you know, right. he's playing against some big dudes down there, man, and he just went for it. He, he said he wasn't worried about fouling. He just was going out there and being aggressive and doing his thing, man. He had, how many blocks did he have yesterday? Six blocks. Mm-hmm. Six he's blocks. He's been all over the place. He's been an animal for five straight halves. It's freaking amazing. Where it is... really makes me feel bad for all of the things that I've said in the past. <laughs> I know. I know. Because even, but... like, I just thought it was just a Chuku 2.0. And, I mean, Chuku, I don't even really remember putting, stringing together games like this, two three games in a row not, like this. Not, so. that many, not that many in a row. And nor would I, would I ever think uh, Sidibe would do it. But here's the thing. We we kind of call it like we see it. If someone is like playing a certain way for three quarters of the year, then we're not going to sugarcoat it, right? I mean, we've never really done that, I don't feel like. Right, right. So, I mean, I love being proven wrong by these guys. Uh, I mean, you know, please. I'll, I'd be more than happy to be wrong about Sadibi. And, and if he, you know, if he turns out to, to keep this fire lit, Going into the rest of the year, I don't, you know, whether wherever we're playing, it doesn't matter, NIT or whatever. Um, right. That's all that matters to me because he's going to be a senior next year, and this is growth for him. And, you know, c- could you imagine him next year if he just builds off of this? He's going to be really right. good. He's going to be really yeah. good. Yeah, and that's what I was uh, just going to talk about is the fact that, you know, he he's barely gotten any playing time. Like, he might be a yeah. junior. My people, people be just like, oh, just junior. This like this first year really- starting. Right. It's easy to be a little negative when players aren't doing good, right? But then when you really yeah. sit back and you think about it, I mean, he barely played. Then he had his knee injury last year, and now he's finally getting into it. And this just goes back to our original point from the first episode we did when we talked about this Syracuse team and what our expectations were or weren't and how it was just going to be fun to watch this team grow, right? And that's what happens when you have youth. Um, I mean, he's a junior, but as far as playing time and experience, he's young. And same thing with Buddy and same thing with Joe, same thing with Gadine and Garrier. Uh, Elijah Hughes has had to, I mean, and he's done a great job, obviously, leading leading scorer of the ACC, but having to be able to transition to being the man on a team, right? So, and Mark Doljai trying to transition into being more of an offensive force, you know, your second, third scorer and, and being down there um, <clears throat> trying to stay in games. Uh, we knew that this was going to happen, and again, it's it's fun to see the growth, but also, like you you said the word a little while ago, consistency. That's the biggest thing when it comes to young kids and young teams is is the consistency. Is you see little you see little glimpses, and you see the string together a couple games, but then there's always those those little spots that they come against because when you're doing good, when you're playing good, then you start to get noticed and you start to get attention. You know, Joe Girard had 52 points in a week in two games. That's going to garner some attention. Yeah, and absolutely. Then you, and and then Buddy you start going playing off in the teams. beginning of the year, sure. Right, and that's what you see. Buddy, same thing. So these coaches are starting to game plan for when someone goes off and someone's on a hot streak and people are scoring, then that next game you have, you have to understand that those coaches, they are going to game plan against you, and they're going to make it more difficult. So it's figuring those things out, you know. Um, and that's just what a young team does. And to be perfectly honest with you, like the way that they fought and where we are as, as far as a position, it could have been a lot worse. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And, and wasn't Sadiba, if I remember right, wasn't he kind of a late bloomer as far as playing basketball? Wasn't he almost forced into it because of his height? Didn't he not play in high school or just barely in high school or something? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't quote me, but I do believe you are somewhat correct as far as what you're saying. He hasn't been playing like all his life. Right. So anyways, um, he doesn't have home videos like Joe Girard dribbling through 
his basement, right? So, exactly. Exactly. As a my point. Yeah. Seven year old. Right. Whatever. Exactly. Um, all right. Is that it? We good? Well, that's, all, that's all I got. Um, I got one more. All right. Go ahead. And um, it's just funny. I don't know. Did you see on Facebook? Did you see that uh, the meme about the dome? <laughs> yeah. And Tom Brady. And Tom Before Brady. Before and after. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, oh, God. It's so crazy, right? So. Um, so just to kind of throw one last one out there, cause we pretty much hit on everything else. So actually there's actually, there's two that I want to hit up. So, um, and one of them has to do with Elijah Hughes, uh, James from Facebook body language said it all. Hughes played his last game at the dome. You think about that. Um, what? Like did he see, didn't Did care? you see any body language that? No, I don't know. no, not really. I, I mean, as far as effort and things like that, is it? Uh, not necessarily effort. I think that sometimes maybe just the body language of whether or not you feel like that's your last game or not. You know what I mean? Oh, like if he yeah. knows that that's the last game. Yeah. I, you I, know, I don't know. I would have to go back and look, but it nothing, nothing, nothing heightened my senses to it at all. Right. I didn't see it either. So, um, and then the last one to finish it off for, for everybody, because why not? Oh boy. Um, Kim from Facebook, I blame Tom, Tom Brady because why not? <laughs> yeah. So you got some people just. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of me appreciates Adam Adam Weissman bringing these people in and everything. But part of me thinks, is is it a, discri- is it a distraction? Is it like, I don't know. Like, right. what are we trying to do? Are we trying to do like, I, I don't know. It was kind of a spectacle. Like, me, look, and I'm not trying to be negative about this, but dude, I saw Tom Brady and Jimmy Fallon and um, Julian, Edelman Julian Edelman more than I was seeing like the seniors or you know, you know. Right. I mean, what well, you know, my you know what I'm saying. But like, as much as like the John Wallace jersey was retired, but they hardly showed any of that on TV. Right, and then you have Jimmy Fallon doing the whole leading the, the band. Yeah, and, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's more like or less show, like man. I don't want to say it's a sideshow and that I didn't appreciate it, but at the same time, I mean. You know, I don't know. It's like it's I more, said, they make, they make it more of a spectacle, right? Like I just, yeah, that's where I was going with that. Like I said, I'm not trying to be negative about it, but it was kind of a sideshow. And I, part of me appreciates him bringing these big names here all the time, but part of me is like, I don't know. Well, especially when you look to see, I mean, when you see how they've played at home versus away this year. Yeah, bring right? it to an away game, sure. And I mean, not to say, and again, you don't want to blame the guy. And obviously no, my whole I'm thing, not. my whole thing also too, is that like what, like what you said, what's the angle? Because uh, most likely there's, I mean, either he's getting something out of it. Cause I mean, he's, he's paying he to get these guys here. I think he donates here, right? to their charities. I'm almost positive. How else would he do it? Something like that. But at the end of the day, what are you really doing? Because if you're doing it to sell tickets, uh, every time this happens, I don't see the information until like the day. Right. So, I mean, yeah. You'd figure that if he was trying to get get more people there and try to trying to help the attendance situation with bringing in these these names, then then it would be something that would be announced well, or something. Th- so like, Syracuse is one school that does not need help bringing fans in. Once again, they locked down the the home crowd title or whatever it was, you know. I mean, right, but I think if you and again, like I said, I I can't really. This is just a this is another thing that is more like a. Um, like a theory to me than anything else. But I mean, we play in our football stadium. So again, yeah, it's cool. It's awesome. It's a good experience. You know, the crowd it's neat. gets loud, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. 
but I mean, I'd be willing to, to, to I'd, I'd like to see the numbers as far as percentage filled. Real numbers mean, you mean, because they always go by tickets sold. I'm talking per capita. Right. Oh, percentage. So wise. to speak. R- right. So to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, you got, you got Duke who only's got, I don't even know what their attendance is, right? But it's they like, probably sell out every single time. Right. It's like 9,800, right? Duke. Cameron, something like that, right? Yeah. So I mean, they're probably in the 90th something percentile sure. of, atte- of of fans attending and filling the seats. And I don't think that our numbers there, right? So well, percentage again, wise, I don't think so. Uh, percentage wise, I don't think so. But numbers wise, butts and seats, we we obviously, I don't. No one comes close to an on campus crowd or even any crowd for that matter. I understand. I, I guess my whole point is is that put put an on campus venue that can put thirty thousand in all the other schools and i bet you that there's a uh, lot more see, schools I that sell point. that out more than us is basically what i'm saying i see I'm your saying. point yeah i, I don't know that'd be a, yeah i understand your point yeah and and i mean who knows really who knows because the duke crowd you get a lot like there's a lot of students there that's a oh, lot yeah. that's a lot of students man i mean you oh, get the that's local a, dude, crowd that's a, but that's an expensive coveted ticket right yeah yeah yeah. So don't get me wrong. I mean, there's the whole enamor, like the like the Sersevskyville and the students camping out and the this, this and yeah. that. So, you know, you take away from that whole thing if you turn it into a 30,000 on campus, yes, whatever, you do. right? Absolutely. But in my mind, do you not still think that Duke could still not sell out 30,000 every single? I mean, I mean Dur- Durham's, Durham's double the size of Syracuse. Well, that's a good point, dude. It's a good so, point. I don't I mean, know. at the end yeah. of the day, I mean, we get these numbers, but I mean, what do those numbers really mean other than the fact that we play in our football stadium? True that. Well, like I've said, we had this conversation a couple years ago. And we're we're kind of going off subject here, but uh, we went had this conversation a couple years ago. I would love an 18,000 seat stadium. Closed yeah. basketball stadium. It well, would, but I don't think we're going off. N- no, I guess subject, we're not. Because I tell you, I mean, like we we were talking about the bit. fact that like just the fandom overall. That's the way I look at it. I didn't think the fans were good at all. I thought the fans cared more about, like you said, the people that were there. They did. They did. I saw and laughing more... at Jimmy Fallon over, right? Yeah. Because it wasn't really that loud in there. How many times when we were down did you hear? There was that part. We had that 11-0 run. During that 11-0 run, it got loud. Other than that, it was the same old situation, kind of, more or less. Right. But, you know. You knock those seats down. They need those ticket sales. See, that's the thing. But you knock those seats down to fifteen, eighteen thousand, in a separate in a separate venue that's built for basketball. And I'm telling you, man, you pack that place. You pack it with more diehard fans. Yep. You, you do. There's no doubt about it. Go down to fifteen thousand uh-huh. and watch those tickets, and they will sell out. And it'll be active. It'll be loud. And I'm telling you, it's gonna be louder anyways because it's a smaller venue with with that many people. Um, yep. But, but it, we'll probably never see it in our lifetimes. Anyway, all right, here we go. All right, Syracuse will make the trip to Boston to face the Golden Eagles on Wednesday. This will be the, down, down. This will be the second meeting between the two this year. And uh, Syracuse took the first one, as we all know, 76 to 50 
in the Dome. Uh, Syracuse shot 51.9% from the field that night. Boston College was shooting 32.8% from the field that night. Buddy Beheim with a game-high 22 points. There wasn't a single player that played um, on the Golden Eagles squad that scored in double digits. Um, let's see. Uh, Buddy was 4 for 7 from 3. Sadibi only had 2 points and 6 rebounds in that game. Will Sadibi carry on what he's been what he has started the past three games can he have some consistency does he better two points and six rebounds i'll bet he does uh the all-time series sits at 50 to 26 in favor of the orange boston college is on a three-game skid right now they've got losses to Notre dame clemson and uva that's a concern that's always a concern of mine they're gonna be playing at home they are 150th in the net that makes us a quad three game for the orange away from the dome which says a lot. So, yeah. um, says a lot about how bad Boston College stinks. But Boston College is one of those teams that can can sneak up on you too. So, if I'm yeah. not if I'm not mistaken, they got a couple good wins here. What was it? Let's see. They beat North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, they beat North Carolina. <laughs> so, um, anyway, NC State. Yeah, NC State. That was the one I was thinking of. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, that was their that was their last win, NC State. Yep. So, um, all right, Joe. Well, another quad three game. Not that that matters, but it kind of puts things into perspective. And we're playing on the road, which has bode well for us so far this year, uh, more or less. And you know, we don't have some of the distractions, and maybe who knows? Who knows? It could be a, it could be a close game, but we did we blew them out of the freaking water. At the dome, seventy by twenty six. So, how do you see it? Yeah. Uh, well, the first time we played them, we had Derek Thornton, uh, the senior guard that came from what Duke and then USC, playing as his graduate senior year at Boston College. He's had some some pretty good games since then. He was just coming off an ankle injury, his first game off an ankle injury, and um, they've also got Nick Popovich back since then, their center there that yeah, uh, didn't Popovich, play against yeah. us as well. That's right. I remember that. Right. So uh, we're going to see a little bit different of a team, but I don't think it's going to be that much different. I don't know how much they've gotten better. They, uh, they're they good. They're, they just play tough. They got a good, they're good defense. They're, they're not going to make things easy for us, that's for sure. Um, but the one thing that's that's kind of on our side in this situation is that I know the last time we played them, they were real small. So, again, Popovich, I mean, I just looked at the last game they played. He had 22 minutes, zero points. Um, But I know that he can score around the rim. Um, Yeah, he's beating beating us up is is the main thing. Well, a lot of big men have beaten us up. We made a lot of big men look good or better than what they are. So uh, that's the one concern that I have because we haven't seen that yet this year. Because when we played them the first time, like I said, they they just didn't have the height on us. We out-rebounded them and – the other thing that goes with that is that they're not a great three-point shooting team. So that was a situation where uh, it was a really, really good matchup for our 2-3 zone. And this, this is one of those matchups where we can be strategic and we just take away a couple things that they can do. Um, then it makes it real it makes it a lot easier for us to just put it that way. So when you got teams like North Carolina and teams that actually have that offensive personnel that can hurt us in – three, four, five different places on the floor, then that's really where we get in trouble. Um, but that's why we beat them the first time. I don't really see a reason why. Uh, I mean, we can't do it again unless Nick Popovich, Popovich goes off like, 
you know, Garrison Brooks, some of these other centers that have done what they've done. Or we come out and we just lay a stinking egg because we're still really? boo-hooing over this last, uh, this last loss. I think th- they get over it quick. You know, um, just, you know, one thing that concerns me is that Boston College is, is 30.1% from behind the line, be- behind the three point line. And, you got a couple guys that can shoot it. You got guard Jay Heath. He's not too bad, but um, but they don't have a lottery pick. That's you know. Well, yeah, I know, I know. And I mean, you got you got Heath and Thornton, who you mentioned. They're both averaging twelve point nine points a game. It's not a ton. You got three guys in double figures, basically average. And Nick Popovich at ten and a half. Right. So and of course you got Mitchell, who's just yeah, going to be I a remember, pain in the butt. Yeah, Stephon Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. It's, I mean, you know, statistically, on paper, he's just okay. But, on paper, he's okay. When you watch him, he's freaking everywhere. Yeah. And he's just Kinda annoying. Like a, yeah, so, like an Alvarado. Alvarado is like a mosquito. Way more. He's like. Alvarado is yeah. way more dynamic, but that dude's everywhere. He's like Dolzai with weight. <laughs> I wonder what. You ever sit back and wonder what other teams think of Dolzai? What other teams' fans? Like. What's this guy doing? Or, or you know, and when he goes off, we're like, man, this guy's like the swan. He's like the swan. Yeah. Reminds me of CJ Fair it's like sometimes. Like a pesky mos- mosquito that you just yeah, keep trying to swat away. Stop. It just keeps coming back at you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but he never gets the calls, man. Poor Dolzai. He got hacked a couple times against UNC, by the way. We're going off subject, but he did. Just saying. He always um, does. I know. It's crazy. So, all right, Joe. Give me, give me, give me some JG three points real quick. What you got? Rebound. Well, we need to get our rebounding back up to par. The man. rebound. I would say rebounding, and that's only because it's it's the whole Popovich factor. Um, if Nick Popovich wasn't playing, and it was the same team that we played earlier in the year, I'd say that exactly what we did on offense, our whole game plan would work, and it, it would be fine. Um, but something tells me that it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, it's going to be a little bit closer. I think Thornton's going to hit some shots. Uh, Mitchell's still going to be a pesky guy, and. Uh, Popovich is, is going to be a little bit of a problem because he is active down there and, um, really just the Popovich factor of how that's going to affect rebounds and how that's going to affect, you know, their down low scoring and things like that. And, um, and I'd say the second one would, would be to obviously get out on your three point shooters a little bit better. Um, I don't know, like, again, you said 30%, that's not great. Uh, they do have guys that can score, can get hot. So really it's more of a, see what happens when the game starts is going to be a little feeling out process with a three point line. And then whoever starts getting hot, you identify the shooter, take that away. Um, and then it's going to be how we can just get over the fact that, um, that this past loss probably did us in for having to win the ACC tournament. So are we going to, you know, are we going to try hard and try to get a victory or are we going to just, uh, are we going to be upset and we're going to allow yeah. that victory to go? Yeah. Or are we going to come out like North Carolina did against us and say, Hey man, we got nothing to lose. We got to figure some stuff out before we get to this ACC tournament. Cause that's our only chance. Yeah. And I would just point out, uh, Dolajai last time we played Boston college in the dome, he had a double, double 10 points, 11 rebounds. He's going to need to play a whole lot better than he's been playing the past couple games along, right. with, along with Sadibi. And at least a guard in Quincy or a guard in Hughes, something, um, you know, yeah. we got to have some continuity get going yeah. into the rest. And of the again, year, so. like, I mean, you don't want to, like I said, I don't want to be the orange colored Homer and this, this and that. And I think that we all kind of knew that it was, 
it was kind of a pipe dream for us to sit there and win the, the last five just because of the way the season's gone. And then that we have not been – consistency has been one thing because of just, like I said, a lot of it is the youth, new roles, stuff like that. Um, but even now, sitting at 16 and 13, like if we win our first two games and then we win two games in the ACC tournament, that still gets us to 20 wins. And I remember a day when 20 wins was like the number, right? Yeah, it used to be like but that. Like, you get 20 wins, then, especially in the Power 5 conference, then you can kind of get, you know, squeeze your way in there. Yeah. You know, we win, the, we win the next two. We still finish 11 and 9. We're in a fifth place. Ten, there's five teams at 9 and 9 for basically five through 10 spots in the ACC, five through nine spots. So we're still right there in a chance to try to get that number five seed in the ACC tournament. And, um, you never really know like that Pittsburgh game. When we went down to Pittsburgh away conference game and we won by 23 points or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. Like you, you come out and do that the last two games. Granted, it's the bottom of the barrel of the ACC, but, um, like going on the road in conference and doing that kind of stuff. It's always, it's always impressive, especially when you're winning by double digits, stuff like that. So, uh, we just got to do whatever we can and we got to look as good as we possibly can for the rest of the year to try to, you know, leave some type of eye test and leave some time of, you know, the last few game last second, you know, results as far as the opinion of us, because this one hurts on Saturday. Yeah, this one would sting. And it would be demoralizing. Well, North Carolina stung, but this one would be demoralizing. Yes. Yeah, well, I, mean, I said you, North Carolina was deflating. This one would be demoralizing. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, you can you can look at it and you can say, okay, like, we could lose every game. I mean, this Boston College game, this Miami game, it doesn't matter, right? Because um, we still we need to win the agency. There's going to be a lot of people that still think that. But, I mean, weirder things have happened. And, I, and again, it's going to be difficult, but still, you get to the championship game of the ACC, you're still talking about 2021 wins. And um, I've seen teams with 14 losses still get in the tournament before, isn't that large? So there's a lot of other factors that go into that. And I don't know if this year's set up for a team like that with that record to get in, but hey, you never know. Uh, it comes down to the comes down to the conference tournaments, too. You know, you still have all that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a conference tournament, right? Yeah, right. So, all right. Well, look. Joe, dude, look. Joe must love you guys going out of his way. Look at him; he's in his car, and he's doing a podcast again. He must love you guys. So, thanks, Joe, for taking the time. I know you're on a tight schedule; you're away from home, so um, no worries. Appreciate it, and also thank you to all of you who are listening. We love you guys. We appreciate it. Look, help spread the word, and also thanks everybody who participated in fan feedback. As always, thanks to James on guitar. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe.